0: Because 50 episodes of MuggleCast just wasn't enough, this is MuggleCast episode 51 for August 13th, 2006. Your number one source for all your internet needs, GoDaddy.com has new domain names, transfers, and renewals for as low as $1.99. Plus, check out their hosting plans, website builders, secure certificates, and much more. Plus, as a MuggleCast listener, enter code HARRY, that's H-A-R-R-Y, when you check out and save an additional $5 off any order of $30 or more. Get your piece of the internet today at GoDaddy.com. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the show. I'm Andrew Sims.
1: I'm Ben Shane, in the middle of a street in
0: Nebraska, (laughs) stealing someone's Wi-Fi.
2: I'm Lauren Thompson.
3: And I'm Jamie Lawrence.
0: And this is the show where we're bringing the latest in Harry Potter news series, sessions. And uh, we're driving in Nebraska, but before we go anywhere else, first let's check in with Mike Tannenbaum for the past week's top Harry Potter news stories.
4: MSN has now posted a complete video from the second night of An Evening with Harry Carrie, and Garb. The charity readings with J.K. Rowling, Stephen King, and John Irving took place on August 1st and 2nd in New York City. B1 Media, the company which produced the Goblet of Fire DVD, has won for Major Technical Best Menu Design at the 9th Annual DVD Awards. Producer John Pohl commented, We're honored that this award recognized the elaborate and expressive 3D achievement and strong sense of design the menus displayed. The artistic excellence of these menus contributed to an incredible DVD experience and was a result of the sacrifice that our 3D, composite, and design teams made. JK's Army, the team who gives MuggleNet fans advice on buying or selling Harry Potter memorabilia, has started a new campaign urging eBay to clamp down on the selling of fraudulent Harry Potter merchandise. They need your help. That's a scary thought. To find out more about this worthwhile effort and how you can help bring about change, head over to MuggleNet's main page. The Scotsman reports that Joe has donated a handbag of hers to be auctioned off at the new Members Club 29 in Glasgow's Royal Exchange Square on October 6th. Joe took the small black roto purse to the premiere of Sorcerer's Stone. In a new interview first published in Surrey Life, Draco Malfoy actor Tom Felton talks about his acting career, hobbies, Harry Potter, and what he's been up to lately. He says filming for the Potter movies is always fun and that it's weird to see the final product. Finally, WB has confirmed that Order of the Phoenix will be released in Argentina on July 12, 2007. As more dates are announced, we will bring them to you. There are a few new Order of the Phoenix set pictures, including one of Daniel Ratcliffe, over on MuggleNet.com. That's all the news for this August 13, 2006 edition of MuggleCast. Back to the show.
1: There's a car passing me. I'm leaning down. On. <laughs> <laughs> False alarm. They turned. They turned.
2: Wouldn't it be awesome if Ben got arrested... And we were recording. Oh, it would be,
3: be so funny! MuggleCast. It would be spy on shame. <laughs> this is
1: ridiculous. I drove three and a half hours tonight, tired as more more tired than you can imagine.
3: Tired and soaked to I his get skin. here.
1: I get here to record MuggleCast, and I go to the library to steal their Wi-Fi.
3: Then I think they have, they the term is use, not steal. You know, they use their <laughs> Wi-Fi.
1: They have it password protected. And so I drive around this, this small podunk town searching for Wi-Fi, and I found some, and now I am parked in the middle of the street, <laughs> windows rolled up in my car, it's about 5,000 degrees, and I'm here to do Cast. so
2: <laughs> I am the most
1: dedicated caster.
3: That's commitment to you. That is devotion. Ever. Are we still streaming this to the FBI, Andrew? <laughs> yeah, do I
0: think we're going to have to stop after this episode.
1: <laughs>
3: okay,
0: cool. It. Eric will be joining us in a minute, but for now, let's do some announcements. Don't forget, everyone, to purchase your MuggleCast t-shirt, especially now. Now is a very critical time to purchase your MuggleCast t-shirt, because there are rumors going around that all t-shirts that do not promote MuggleCast are going to burst into flames within the week.
3: Yep. Mm-hmm.
2: Oh, I no. I heard this rumor.
3: I don't think it's a rumor. I think it's true. And there's
1: also there's also a rumor going around that the current MuggleCast t-shirts may be going out of
0: So stock. now's the time to buy. <laughs> That's right. And um, no, but seriously, if you do want to support the show, please purchase a MuggleCast t-shirt. Um, as you know, we are taking a trip to California uh, later in September, and we need some money to get us out there. Um, so any help would be appreciated. And you get a cool shirt. Awesome. Awesome shirt. Yeah. And Podcast Alley, place your vote for support, and uh, the podcast awards are now closed. We thank everyone who's voted once a day, and um, unfortunately... Only if you voted once a day. Yeah. (laughs) Otherwise... (laughs) No, thank you. (laughs) No, no, (laughs) thanks to everyone. And um, we unfortunately won't know the winners... Well, we won't know the winner of the People's Choice category until actually... The the ceremony. So we'll know if PowderCast won in entertainment, but we won't know if we won in people's choice, which is worrisome because we don't want to all fly out there and lose. But,
2: (laughs) yeah. Yeah.
0: Oh, well. Oh, well. It'll still be fun. Yeah.
2: Andrew, I had something I want to do really quick. Okay. I got a couple of things from the PO Box today. Thank you, Ben. Um, One was from Patricia. She sent me some hand-decorated shoes. They're pretty cool. She did them in my three favorite colors. And then Lauren sent me this really cool shirt. And she hand embroidered this really awesome pattern on it. It's got a flower and a dove, and it's really, really awesome. And I'm wearing it right now. So I just wanted to say awesome. thank you to them. That was very sweet. And thanks and to, to Ben for sending them.
1: <laughs> finally, um, a little update about the PO box. I finally got my budding gear. Yeah. The other day, I actually responded to a letter. I'm, I'm a change <laughs> man. So please. Send anything, everything <laughs> to the P.O. Box.
3: Can I just thank Julius Caesar for that excellent piece of papyrus he sent me? I've only just got it, thanks to Bed because he's a bit, <laughs> he's a, bit he's a bit late. But that was very nice, Juli- Julius. Thank you, and I'm sorry you got stabbed. <laughs> but it, it was a nice thought. What is the rebuttals this week? Jamie, you want to take the first one? Uh, yep. This is from Casey15 from Wyoming. She says, Hi, I just want to say I loved the last episode. That was episode 50, our one-year anniversary episode, especially with all the music. I I especially like your song by Elton John. There you go, Ben. Because my choir had to sing it one year for a concert, and even though no one else liked it, I did. And here comes the award for sarcastic comment of the century. (laughs) Also, I wanted to tell Jamie that he has a beautiful voice and should pursue a career in music. Oh, wow. Thank you for that. <laughs> I love the shows, and it is the highlight of my week. Peace. Thank you, you very can much, Casey.
0: everybody. This is your Jamie, song. we also got a voicemail this week that I thought you should take a listen to. Um, I know you mentioned to me earlier this week that you thought maybe you could write to Cascada and uh, get a little money out of this. Oh, yeah. Exactly, them. definitely. Um, so I think this voicemail will uh, help you out. And, and Go for it.
5: Hey, Vogelcasters. This is Emily, and I'm from Missouri. And I just wanted to tell you that I hated the song every time we touched until I heard Jamie sing it, or the part of it that you did post him singing. Anyway, thank you so much for giving me a new favourite song. Bye.
3: Aww, isn't Aww. that lovely? Thank you very much. And um, I will be writing to Cascada now, and uh, I will be requesting £10 every single time that song is played. <laughs> They can get us to California.
0: Uh, Yeah, no time. Next song, Ray Mur... Not song. Next rebuttal comes from Ray Murphy of Ireland. He writes, just thought I'd say, how is it Jamie didn't hear that song till he went to America? I myself am from Ireland, and us and the United Kingdom kind of share the music charts. The same songs are released at the same time. Cascadas, Every Time We Touch, has been released here for its second time this year, and is constantly on all music video channels and radio stations. Thought I'd just bring that up. (laughs) Clash. <laughs> Thanks for writing in real <laughs> English words.
3: No, seriously, Ray, it's just um, I don't really pay attention to the charts, I think, so, and I don't really watch the music channels and stuff, so I get stuff late. Although, I might add that I sent Ben, Mr. Brightside, by the Killers. No, sorry, it wasn't Ben. It was em- Emerson? Emerson, yeah. I sent that song to him about two months before it got big over there, so that's my Ooh. claim to fame.
1: Actually, you sent me uh, James Blunt, Oh, there you go. You're sorry. Beautiful, like four months before it got big over here. Really? Hmm. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. Next, You're Beautiful. Oh, this sorry. this show, really, we should just call it Mugglecast Music Mix or something. Music. Something yeah. funny. Insert it there. Next one comes...
1: I don't think Music Mix quite, <laughs> quite
0: does the <laughs> <good> trick, Andrew. <laughs>
3: thanks music for music Ben that is original
0: <laughs> next rebuttal comes from Megan uh, Nova scotia ages, uh, age 20. She writes i completely I completely agree with what Ben said on this subject. it's not realistic to me for all of them to survive. All three of them are still quite young and are not all that powerful. Why should they make it out of the final ba- battle alive and others more powerful should die?
3: It is just not probable. Thank you, Megan. This is what I've been trying to say for so long. That it's not a fairy tale. These people, you know, if if three sixteen-year-olds who haven't learned as much, you know, magic, going to war with all these, you know, adults who who are qualified and everything, they can't all survive. It's it's just it would be completely unrealistic. Although I hope so no Jamie, one said that you, all the sixteen-year-olds were going to
2: ag- were no. going to survive. No, no,
3: no, 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 no. I I agree that. It is unrealistic to expect all three, considering the task they have taken on and the danger. You know, Lupin said in Order of the Phoenix that there are dangers involved that they can have no idea of, and they still don't have any idea of. And it's just, you know, some of the stuff they're going to be up against. Dark magic they haven't experienced before, spells they don't even know. It's just, I really think it's improbable that they're all going to survive. It's a horrible thought, but... yeah. In relation
0: to that rebuttal, Brian from Pennsylvania, age 16, writes, Though this email is for all of you, muggle casters in general, I particularly... Particularly... (laughs) Something to say (laughs) to Laura. I don't understand why you and the majority of the Mugglecasters are so convinced that JKR, quote-unquote, slipped up about the trio living through the series. I have watched the entire video you guys just posted, and I honestly wasn't given that impression at all. Laura, mm, girl, you tried to say that JKR (laughs) said, after naming the trio, quote, but I'm only... But I'm the only one who knows, that knows, who lives through book seven. She never says this. The only thing Apart she does from say... Norris. <laughs> the only thing she does say after the audience begins to shout names is, I'm the only one who knows who's actually dead. And he is correct. Um, I'm reading the transcript now.
2: Um, what I would like to say in relation to that, though, um, Brian... You... in your face,
1: Laura. Uh, hey, no, shut up, Ben. No, no.
2: Anyway, um, <laughs> you went on in your email to kind of discuss how it was misleading to misquote her, and I completely agree with you. However, I think that her saying, I'm the only one who knows who's actually dead, implies that she's the only one who knows who dies in book seven. So that was why that thought came into my head, because I only went to the readings. I didn't actually go through and read the transcripts and get the actual quote. So you were absolutely right. But I do think that It was somewhat of a slip-up on her part, because she did say she was was. the only one who knew that died. It was.
0: I think that gives it away. And let's read that whole part right now. I have the transcript up right here. Um, She says... um, I'm very prepared tonight. Um, She says, (laughs) I'd I'd take Harry to apologize to him. Um, I'd have to take Harry, Ron, and Hermione. I would... This is... See, I know who's actually... Well, what happens... King says, Stephen King says to her, Hagrid, take Hagrid. And then J.K. Rowling says, see, I know who's actually dead. But I mean, that could also be saying that Hagrid dies. But
1: she never actually said that she was inviting only people who live. No, but table. she... I mean, it, I don't see how that's... I don't see how that's she's implied.
0: saying, see, I know because who's actually saying... dead. She's talking yeah. about who she would take to dinner, who's alive. That
2: was alive, yeah. I, I guess it's just a matter of opinion really, but that was how I perceived it.
0: You guys were wrong, okay. Hold on. And then Stephen King says, pretend you can take anyone, <laughs> and then she says, pretend I can take anyone? Well, then, I would definitely take Dumbledore. Yeah.
3: I'd take Dumbledore, Harry, Ron, Hermione, and um, Hagrid, I'd take Hagrid.
0: Okay. What would she say to
3: them? So that means Hagrid's gonna die. Maybe, no. What would she say to them, though? She's just sitting there, so, I wrote you. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, correct, Jamie.
0: Correct. Thank you. Now, moving on to our main discussion this week. Oh, hold on. Hold on. Well, he should be recording when he comes in. Let's see if he's a good enough podcaster to be doing that. Eric, yeah. are you recording? Is he prepared? Eric? Hi. Hey, are you recording? Yes, Sam. Hey, Hi, everybody. Oh, he is a good podcaster. Everyone, a round of applause. Eric Skull has just joined us in the Skype Yay. chat this evening. Oh, wow. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr.
1: Eric Scott. <laughs> thank you, thank you, Ooh, that thank
3: you. Why aren't you give an uh, opening speech, actually, wait. Uh, no,
6: anyway, um, what are we talking about? <laughs> yeah.
0: We just wrapped up listener rebuttals, and we were just transitioning into our main discussion when you so kindly conference called. So,
1: Eric, I need your praises. I am in the middle of a street in a small town in Nebraska, stealing someone's Wi-Fi. Are the best Michael cast yeah. ever? Or what?
6: Uh, yes, Ben. Three praises for ben. Sure, hey, ben. Round of applause for Ben, everybody. Oh, we already did. We already had one. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I yeah, I can beat that. I can beat that. I can do. Hell.
3: Oh yeah. What I'm. Time is it, I'm Hanging. Oh well. Yeah. No. Well, no. Apart from it being 4:54 a.m. I'm. I am floating down a river, <laughs> <laughs> hanging onto a raft, and I've put my laptop on top, and Skype's open. And it's a very nice laptop, and it could fall in. So I'm a ten times, oh, ten, really, yeah. ten, ten times more committed than you are, Ben. Uh, well,
2: I- not to mention the nine-hour flight to get over here for the live shows. <laughs> yeah. But.
6: yeah, exactly, exactly. Guys, I've just I've just worked two jobs, yay for me, in one day. I worked eight to four full time at school, and then I worked from five till eleven thirty at the movies. So I'm kind of mellowed out here, but uh, Aww.
1: Okay, well, well let's <laughs> yeah. move on to the because this, this, okay, it's it's already hundred degrees in the in my car, and this laptop is adding <laughs> to the heat and.
3: That's why they call the you. Mr. Okay, well.
2: Um, Roll down your our... window, it
6: <laughs> I can't because here I'm here in my car. Life mm-hmm. is safest of all. I <laughs> Very good, Eric. Gary Newman. And yes, Gary Newman <laughs> cars. Download it, everybody. Good. Too much music on it's the, good the good show. much music.
0: I'm just kidding. The FC. No. Well, who handles music? All right. Yeah, they're going to come after us. Main discussion this week Book Seven Theories. And we're going to start
3: off with one today by Jamie Lawrence. This is a kind of big discussion and it is a weird discussion because I've never any I've never seen any conclusive evidence throughout the entire uh, series because some theories they start off in book 1 and then they carry on and get and get more solid and things change but you can always follow them whereas this one it's just it's complete speculation So we'll probably be completely wrong, and in two years, when the book comes out, yes, two years, not summer 2007, I'm sorry, summer 2008, when the book comes out, we'll probably be (laughs) proven wrong. So, but anyway, here goes. Okay, we are going to talk about Harry's eyes. J.K. Rowling has said Harry's eyes, and their similarity to Lily's, uh, is paramount to the series as a whole, completely uh, essential. So I had questions such as, what is the relationship between their eyes, Uh, where... Are his physical eyes going to play a part, or does it show some kind of bond between them? Do you think that uh, the colour is important, and just what, um, you know, what exactly they mean? Let me start off with something, okay? Let me start off with something. I'll put something out, then. Um, Harry's eyes have been described several times, and it's been, you know, driven home by Joe, that uh, his eyes are green, and obviously there's the Slytherin connection. What could that mean? Mm Mm-hmm. And of course, we've uh, we've you know we've seen a sort of uh, increase in the people who think that Snape liked Lily. So, is there any kind of slithering connection there between those? Snape or? is his father. Yes, Eric. Ew. Yes.
2: It's just really difficult because we keep hearing that we're going to see what the big deal is about their eyes, and it hasn't happened yet. And one would think that if it was so important, the movies would get it right. But Daniel Radcliffe has blue eyes, so I.
3: Well, no, Laura, it's fine. They'll just uh, tie him down and inject some green dye into his eyes, and that'll make it all worthwhile, won't it? You know, it's fine. We'll do that for for the next one.
0: Well, they'll probably be kicking themselves when uh, maybe Seven comes along, and they're like, hmm, I guess we ought to change his eyes. That could be solved with contacts. (laughs) No, Joe, Joe Joe (laughs) wouldn't have let that happen. If
1: it was that important, his eyes would have been green. Yeah, but she
3: said it's very important. But I found on Google one absolutely charming Harry Potter fan puts a theory out there. He's... Suggest that Harry will go to Godric's Hollow, go to his mother's grave, pluck out her eyeballs, and then he will finally have quote his mother's <laughs> eyes. Uh, that's a wonderful that, theory. That's, that's um, absolutely charming, as you put it, who, Jamie. Whoever that was, that's very um, charming. Whoever that was, I think you're uh, you're onto a winner there, son. <laughs> but in all
1: seriousness, guys, do you think there's what? Does anybody have any idea, or any speculation on as to what the eyes
6: mean? Oh, I'd like to give some credit to Jamie for, for coming up with this, make this a somewhat worthwhile discussion. Um, Thank you, Eric. <laughs> well, the, the whole eye thing, it's, it's a matter of if eyes are, as you said, the underlying you know th- thing of the book, then it's also to say that if he has his mother's eyes, you know that, that love, I, I think it just reinforces love being a central theme of the book. Um, because Lily loved Harry and died for him and all that stuff. And all these connections to his mother and love and maybe even Snape's love for Lily just underlies love. How is love going to play a part in the next book? I'd really like to know. Um, Because love so far hasn't really acted as as like a force against Voldemort with the exception of those very uh, few times where it actually crippled him very much, so. Yeah. But like beyond that, it's just, yeah.
1: Well, when uh, Lily sacrificed herself in back when Harry was a baby that was the first way like that love played any role in the series. Right.
6: And then Love in the Future kinda of played a little bit on the back burner as far as circumstances, how Harry made friends, the certain relationships he had because he could love, because he could forgive, uh, you know, things like that. That's how Pettigrew owes him the debt, you know, things like that. Love does kind of, if you look carefully enough, love does weave itself in between everything, even, you know, including Pettigrew, including maybe even Dumbledore. I'm sure you could draw love connections through everything, like, as a result of Harry loving, this has happened. So, but we've not seen anything, have we, like, Certain things that only eyes can do, or certain well, eyes, exactly, yeah, or, yeah. There's there's never been really a a separate thing of eyes. I mean, you know, fingers you could even call are are, are more important than eyes because you know long fingers apparently signifies and you know there's enough evidence to guess this long yeah. long fingers is longer power, but it doesn't seem like there's any eye signifiers out there.
3: And the perhaps box. he's got he's inherited Lily's X ray vision. And he's going to find all the Horcruxes. cruxes. X-ray vision? Like
6: yeah.
3: <laughs> Didn't you know? Didn't you know that? <laughs> Didn't you know that, Andrew? No. no. <sighs> you, you seriously need to reread book one. Why seriously. No. I'm sorry.
2: I just think it's interesting that green is a color that's supposed to represent envy, and Harry is anything but envious, wouldn't well, you think? Well, he's envied anything? a lot. Yeah. But yeah, that's true. I just think that since you know he has the power of love, it's just interesting to me that something that is so often reinforced in the series is that he has his mother's eyes, and they're bright emerald green. So yeah, I just thought that was interesting. The
0: whole Slithering thing, though, is interesting, but I think it's kind of weak
6: because there's
0: what four eye colors.
2: Yeah, and Vol- and-, and Voldemort yeah, has red exactly, eyes.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah.
2: Gryffindor color. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's,
6: it's yeah. Surely Voldemort doesn't. Have red eyes because he loves so much that it's just, you know, it's like the it's like it's like it's like the saying you're so full of poo that your eyes are brown. It just has no correlation whatsoever.
3: Yeah, I guess, but um,
6: I don't know. So we'll open this to you all. So write in and tell us what you think about
3: Harry's eyes and their significance in the series as a whole. Their significance uh, to Lily, whether there's a Slytherin connection. And whether you think Harry will go to his mother's grave, pluck out her eyeballs, and then he will finally <laughs> have his mother's eyes, I think it's a pretty solid theory. So you know, um, what about, we'll see if you agree? What about the point you have in here? Avander said Lily
0: was very good at charm. Oh
3: yeah. Um, well, I read this a while ago, and uh, he specifically said that you know, in the uh, shop, that she was extremely good at charm work. And I'm just wondering if that's going to feature in Harry Harry's fight in the fifth. I mean, in the final book.
6: And really
0: she was good at potions, too, and, well, uh, at least yeah. I've been
3: interested in it.
6: Well, I, I find it interesting. I really like to know what charms is more advanced. You know, they took it took a charms owl, but we haven't actually seen any ch- charms, have we, since, like, year one, where where it was obviously, like, what, Aloha Alohomora, you know, um... And the the levit- levitating thing, uh, Wingardium Leviosa. That was like the only charms we'd actually seen, wasn't it? Like, were there like what's the difference between charms, spells, enchantments, hexes? You know, they're just different names to describe a different type of the same thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So the fact that you could study charms, you, you know, I wonder how different charms is than to studying other, studying hexes, studying spells, you know, things like that. So if charms requires yeah. more eye work, well, think
1: about think about charms. The thing about like how you were talking about the classifications, I think it starts with, like, it starts with spells, and then everything fits in the spells. You know what I'm saying? And like it's sort of like it's like a tree that sort of works its way down.
6: Yeah, I understand.
3: Um... Can I can I just come out with a revelation? Um, oh my god, do you know wh- what I think it is? Um, it's because in um, Occlumency and uh, uh, whatever the other one is.
6: Oh, God, wait, I, mean, I think exactly. I see where you're going it's, with
3: it's this. 5 a. M. It's 5am, it's 5am, so I can't even it's remember midnight who you Harry blame. Potter is, so... Uh, All right. uh, no, no, okay, Occlumency, you need eye contact. Perhaps there's something there with uh, Snape and Harry and, you know... With eyes. Yeah, something, I don't know, something like that. And, no, 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 no <laughs> I've got it, I've got it. Uh, okay, I'm so excited now. She died to protect Harry. Perhaps she has given him some co- type of mental barrier. Well, not mental, but eye barrier. Against um against uh Voldemort's Legilimency, there you go. Um, when he finally, you know fights or, or something, it's li- it's like if you wear contact lenses and a piece of dirt goes into your eye and, and it just bounces off because uh because you know there's a doesn't it get stuck in your eye. In between
6: your eye and your Eric,
3: contact forever? <laughs> <laughs> Eric, you've just ru- you've just completely ruined my uh, analogy now. I hate you,
1: Jamie. They Jamie they already have uh, Harry and Voldemort already have the connection to the scar, so yeah regardless yeah. of whether or not the eyes, eye contact is irrelevant because he can
6: still... No, but it could be stronger. It could
3: it could be stronger if there's eye contact. So uh, it's just an idea. It's just an idea. It's
6: interesting because if Harry's going to revert to... Like, like well, Ben said, the con connection is through the scar and they said in book six that Voldemort was practicing what, a clumency against Harry so that Harry couldn't pry into his mind, to pry into Voldemort's mind. Not that Harry would want to, but you know... Just that fact. If they ever have to duel, and eyes are going to be, you, you know, part of the thing. I, I, I kind of see Harry being without a scar or something in that kind of instance. Where like, because you'd think they'd be able to battle mentally or, or, or something that eyes wouldn't even. Know. Yeah, yeah. If, if you're talking about battling Harry in the future with with eyes playing, you know, importance or significance, I, I really don't know. Um I just want to know more about Lily. I think once we know a little bit more yeah, about Lily that will reveal everything whether or not she had anything she with, must have. with Snape or or how she ever uh accepted a bum like James. Um you know according to Remus and Sirius he cleaned himself up but still I you know based on what we saw in the Pensieve in book 5 I just think she was a smart girl and wouldn't really fall for James but I don't.
2: He was a 15-year-old boy though. <laughs> I mean Let's not kid ourselves here. Fifteen-year-old boys can be Yeah, but he jerks. was
6: cruel. He was really cruel.
2: <laughs> well, yeah. Oh, but you guys are all cruel to each other. No, Never.
3: it's love. It's love cruel. It's love cruel, isn't it, Ben? Oh,
2: right, right. It is. Right.
0: <laughs> we love each other rebuttal comes from Crystal 13 not a rebuttal but an email comes from Crystal 13 of Chicago I was just looking through the MuggleCast box she had a question about eyes and she says in the Harry Potter books many people are described as having black or grey eyes do people really have black and grey eyes I suppose grey could just be a really light shade of blue but I've never seen anyone with black eyes I'm not sure why I'm asking you but I'm at the point of insomnia where I have an odd sort of calm coming over me I've been listening to the MuggleCast for nine straight hours oh that's very nice um <laughs> Could it be that Joe's just... They don't really have black or gray eyes. They have... They've got that, beetle black eyes. No, that's just it, the way
1: Hagrid. she's... Maybe she just describes him as being yeah. very... like That's her way of saying they're very dark. Like, Not to mention,
2: I mean... Yeah, have you ever seen someone who has such dark brown eyes that right. look black?
1: Well, I like mean, my eyes even, the, the pupil and the, the little center thing blends in with the whole eye. Iris. <laughs> Yeah, the iris. no no that's the circular
3: thing it's all circular so it doesn't really say anything but uh the middle bit's the pupil, yeah, then it's the iris, then it's the white bit that's the scientific term the white bit
6: well, I think the eye thing is just characterization without realism or not not necessarily even without realism, but if if she describes somebody as having small black eyes and beetle black as Hagrid's are, you can kind of picture that even if it's not even if you've never actually seen anybody with black eyes, I think just the way it's done. You know, you can kind of understand what somebody with go- with uh, gray eyes would be kind of cool and chilly inside, or, you know, some- something like that, you know.
3: But but Sirius has, a cold, has cold gray eyes. Yes, and he he's nice.
6: Well, he's somber, I mean, like, like he's right. kind of yeah, reserved, yeah. kind of faded out, you know, from all the years in Azkaban.
0: Yeah. Should we move on down to our next discussion?
2: Yeah, um, I know that we have been talking about featuring some theories from the Chamber of Secrets forums, and according to Eric, um, we haven't really been doing we done it, it, it at all. Users no, I over didn't there. Really say
6: that, but-
2: yeah, well, you said that they were over there with pitchforks. Yeah. And- <laughs> all sorts of nasty things so i went and i was i was browsing the forms over there uh, over there the other day i can't even talk right now because it's 12 o'clock and
3: oh. Oh, like. sorry sorry um, can i please <laughs> interrupt here and say laura i'm sorry it's 12 o'clock why don't you get some sleep say, every single time go and have a lie down then I'll, I'll stay up all night and then you can come back after you've slept and we'll carry on okay, okay. <laughs> all, right,
2: all right all right thank you jamie thank you jamie Very Now, I was kind of interested by a theory that I saw concerning Godric's Hollow and who was there the night that the Potters were murdered. And this theory, I think it's a little bit iffy, but it was interesting all the same. Now, some users have been pretty clever in pointing out that Joe was pretty specific about how the Godric's Hollow scene should be filmed. And um, we didn't see James in that scene, and we didn't really see anyone else in that scene apart from Lily and Voldemort, who... Was just in a cloak type thing, and uh, in the Prisoner of Azkaban movie, we didn't hear James's voice saying, "You know, Lily, take Harry and run." We only heard Lily yelling. Now, some of them think that what could end up happening in book seven would be along the same lines of what happened in book three, where Harry goes back in time to Godric's Hollow and is actually the one telling Lily to take Harry and run. What did you guys I don't think like of it. that?
6: Um- did, didn't Dumbledore say something, something about how many times you would ever have to turn a time-turner just to go back, what, 15 years, 17 mm-hmm. years, 18 years? Really? Um, when did he say that? Well, he, it, it might not be a thing, but even if they didn't say it, um, you know, how, how long would that t- You know, can you really go back in time that far and change that much? Like, is there that power? And also, the thing about not hearing James in the thing in Prisoner of Azkaban, uh, we didn't really hear a lot of things in Prisoner of mm-hmm. in the movie. No,
2: we really didn't. See, what I didn't really um, think this theory solved was how Harry would defeat Voldemort. It it would just seem like it was a recurring cycle. It wouldn't really solve anything. But at the same time, I find it interesting because um, if you read Prisoner of Azkaban, when Harry says that he saw his dad on the other side of the lake... It was either Remus or Sirius that said, you saw James, and he got very pale. And if this theory were true, then it would kind of lend itself to the fact that James had survived that night.
6: Uh, I think actually James – I think J.K. Rowling shot down the idea that James was still alive. Um, I think
2: she did too. But I find it interesting because she was so specific – about how that scene should be filmed. I think that she really put a lot of time into making sure that they did it right, and I find it interesting that we didn't see him in that scene and we well, didn't see anyone else. you got to understand
6: who's telling the story as well. And, and you know, whereas we did see Voldemort entering the house, we only really needed to understand what happened with his mother and him at the time. Um, and J.K.R. Was, was very uh, specific with how that scene was filmed, apparently, I mean, that's the rumor. Um, but there's also part of when the when the camera spins you can almost see yeah. another figure people think that's snape you know you know in the movie like things things in the background and stuff there's like a shadow present things like that
1: but honestly guys do you think don't you think that lily would have mm-hmm. pleaded with severus if she knew that she sort of had a soft spot for her? wouldn't you think that we would have actually heard a mention of severus rather than
0: just the pleading with don't kill me or, take mm-hmm. me not my son you're saying Ben she'd be able to influence him because Snape was... Well, I think we
1: would... I think in Harry, the the brief recollection that he has of his parents being killed, that when his mother's pleading, you'd hear her plead with Snape, not just Voldemort.
2: Yeah, but it's also it's also just that. It's a brief recollection. It's not the entire occurrence. He She could have pleaded with Snape, but I don't know. For some reason, I'm not sure I could see her... Doing that just because of her attitude yeah. towards him in I the compare pensive scene. Lily
6: to Ginny. Um, I think Lily and Ginny are very similar in the way that they're women who understand uh, the the tasks set upon them, the the, the dangers they're in, at least. I mean, that's, Ginny, that's who Ginny is now. I think if Lily happened to see Snape there, she would nod to him and and give him a look of utmost disappointment. But I guess she would you know, ex- accept that he was there or, or, or something along those lines. I, I don't know.
2: Yeah, but even if she did plead with Snape, well, that wasn't going to stop Voldemort.
6: I'm paranoid. I'm glancing out my
1: my my mirror. <laughs> you hear a siren then.
6: Another, th- yeah, James is definitely dead. Um, I remember now. It's because um there was a, a theory running um that James and Lupin had actually uh, switched uh, bodies prior to James's. Running. Oh yes. Well, that yes. was actually <laughs> I remember a, that a decently <laughs> thought out plan. but it, it 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 was very clever and then.
2: I don't know. I've never, I've never bought into the idea that the Potters were all. Well, like uh, it, really. So that's
6: the thing. Uh, J- J- you know, Jo said in her response. I believe it's even our website. She said something like "brilliant theory." I mean, that was the first thing she said. But no, James would never abandon his family at a time of of, of death. So no, of he course, died he was. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he, he died with them is pretty much what she said. So, you know, and I don't know how he'd go on living and and watching Harry or letting Harry be with the Dursleys and all that stuff. Um, mm-hmm. So I, th- I think I think he's still there. I concur too, but uh, you know that's not to say I don't find it incredibly weird how certain Harry was that he saw his father on the lake that night. Um, but th- but then that was supposed to like emphasize just how much like James Harry was or something yeah, yeah. crazy like, like that. I, I don't know, but it seemed really yeah. awkward, like it didn't really fit there. Well,
2: how didn't how did they not match up, Eric?
6: It's kind of like okay, you can see the, that she was just trying to draw similarities between Harry and James, but Harry was like. Beyond certain that it like wasn't, I m- maybe it's a sign of his immaturity, inability to grasp that it was indeed him. Maybe it's his his inability to get with the picture and understand things entirely. But he was a little bit, I I, I don't know. I think I think there's I think there's something going on there about that night and about Dumbledore how he acted that night. And all that whole night they went back in time. I really think that there was just something else there that it wasn't really. I mean, I'll, I'll accept that it's Harry. You know, who thought that Harry was prongs or whatever, but there just seemed to be so much, like, extra stuff that might come in place later. Uh, You know, the similarities drawn between Harry and James were brought up again and brought up again, but so were Harry's eyes with his parents. Like, he's just like any of his lineage seems to be emphasized throughout the books. His parents, his love for his parents, which might... Again, be loved. So what does that mean, you know?
2: Wouldn't you agree, though, that he might have thought it was his dad because of how powerful the Patronus was? Maybe he thought he couldn't conjure it one. It could be that.
6: It could It could be the lack of well? uh, confidence in, in, in that. Um, but he, he, I don't know, it was just interesting how, how certain he was, how wrong he was, apparently, you know. Like, I, I think James is dead, don't get me wrong. Um, I just think there might be something else really weird going on there. I, I, I can't really explain it, but it's kind of like Dumbledore says, those we love never truly leave us. And Harry really wanted to see, you know, his father, or at least he really wanted help and something in the, in what appeared to him as his father. Uh, but it turned out just to be.
1: Well, and the fact that the Patronus was a stag and that was his dad's anim, anim, animagus form.
6: Yeah, exactly. Emphasize. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Right, that's a, that's why it's brilliant. That's a good point. Thank you.
1: I'm sorry, guys. I'm not talking very much. I am melting. I am melting.
0: I don't believe you, Ben. That's almost impossible.
1: I will take a picture of. I will take a picture of myself with Photo Booth. Can you it please is. right now? <laughs> yes, right now, we'll it. we'll put it up on.
0: <laughs> Can we use it as yeah, shoot album art? Ben melting for those who subscribe ben via melting. iTunes. Sure, here, I'll turn up my screen to the full brightness. <laughs> oh, this point. is going to be fun.
1: <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be disgusting. <laughs> you can't see it. Do you have your MuggleCast really. t-shirt on? I do, actually. Oh, this is perfect. <laughs> I think I've got enough punishment. The police officer comes up here and is like, you <laughs> come in, I'll be
0: like, thank God, is there air conditioning in the building? <laughs> Anything to get out of yeah, this car. Listen, you have to promise me that if they come up, you got to keep recording. We need that. Okay, I will. <laughs> they won't. That's silly. What town are you in? Mogocast50, live Alma, from
1: Nebraska.
3: All right, let me local Google, or Google local there. <laughs> yeah, let's their get that uh, number and call them. <laughs> police station. Ben, how do you spell the uh, that name?
1: A-L-M-A,
3: Nebraska. Okay. The first person to write in and tell us the population <laughs> of Alma Nebraska, wins a free T-shirt. <laughs> okay. <laughs> email. He's not joking uh, either. Yeah, no, I'm because not joking. Jamie's Seriously. Email and uh, you.
6: the correct population. Yeah, w-
3: w- well, yeah, yeah. Um, we've got to go and count them, so uh, it might take a while to uh, to send oh, you your T-shirt, but it'll be fine. Email. Uh, email Jamie at staff.mugglenet.com with your yes. answer. First person gets a free T-shirt. If you already have a t shirt, don't don't play.
0: Well, we got a few voicemails this week. Um, a little update on the co host. Kevin is not here because he's sick. Email Kevin at Staff. He'll never read his email, but send it anyway in another year, I'm sure he'll check <laughs> no, it. That is insulting, Andrew. <laughs> I always read it. Fifteen times a minute. And Micah is also out. He's socializing in uh in New York City. Alright, let's move on to this week's voicemails.
5: Hey guys, this is Adam from Tennessee. Just want to say I love the show and do you guys really think that Harry's going to want to come in order after after he defeats Voldemort? I mean, he would have gone through this seven-year battle with him. I mean, wouldn't he just want to have some some kind of fun or something? Just want to one know what you guys thought. Anyway, bye.
1: I just finished rereading Half Blood Prince not too long ago, and. In the opening chapters, Harry's thinking about what he wants to do for a career, and he's very excited because Professor McGonagall lets him into uh, potions because there's a new potions master, Professor Slughorn. And uh, he was he started thinking about his future, and he said, "There's nothing else that he'd really want to do." So
0: besides potions, no, if he can def- if
1: he, it, uh, no besides becoming an owner. oh, okay. So if he can defeat Voldemort, then all these other people will be just child's play wouldn't I don't it? know yeah you would think so so it's not like I, I doubt he wants to you know the rich and the famous they still want to be productive you know it's not like just because he he defeats Voldemort he's not he's not going to sit around and lounge all the time just because he
3: beat Voldemort
2: I think he'll have had enough after he defeats Voldemort
3: I think he'll he want to go and I think he will. you know no he I, I don't yes. think he will have enough. Yeah, because what's he got? Like a no? Why, Laura? Defeating no, Dark Wizard? it's not It's because
2: he's already he's he's a, spent his whole life this far, not only risking not only I agree risking with you, his no, life, but risking you. the lives of everyone who loves him.
6: But that's what he does. Don't want to
2: get he. Yeah, I know, but he doesn't want that. I mean, we saw that from the sixth book. He had to dump his girlfriend because he's afraid for her safety. He's going to want to be able to settle down with
1: people. Yeah, but he didn't really dump her.
2: That doesn't matter. That doesn't matter. He still did it because he feels like he has to protect her. And he's going to want to settle down and live a quiet life with the people he loves. That's what he's going to want.
3: I agree. He said in, uh, I think it was... Was it Order of the Phoenix or Half Blood Prince? No, no, it was after he got his owl results. He said that surely the best choice and the the best the best chance of him defeating Voldemort is to become one of the you know Dark Wizard catchers that are trained to find and kill him. So I think yeah he'll do it before then because he, he wants to have the best chance. But but you know it's just like afterwards he isn't needed to defeat normal Dark Wizards if that makes sense. The auras can do that. He wants to. His task is, you know, to, to finish Voldemort. You, you don't see Frodo after he's, you know, finished off the, the one ring, going and getting a load of other rings and, fin- you know, doing it. <laughs> it's just, like, it's just his task, and he's finished it, so I nice. think that's going to be the end after that.
1: Um, guys, guys, I hate to interrupt, but I really have to go. I mean, I'm needed All back right. at the house. okay my grandparents' house. So, All right. I really oh. enjoyed my time with you guys. I'm excited to leave because I get to go to air conditioning oh. and I don't have to worry about getting caught anymore. Darn. But I have had the best <laughs> luck on this street tonight. This is where the streets head. Well, no can
3: you can you plug the street? Do you know what street you're on? Can we thank this? Can people? I just repeat uh, what Ben's just said? Ben's had <laughs> the best luck on the street tonight.
1: I have. <laughs> I mean, no one's turned down this street. So, thank you. Wish you, she you good.
3: What, what
0: street I'll, is it, here, Ben?
1: I'll start my car right now.
2: We get to listen that to
1: the That sounds ben like a Chevy. Oh boy. The City the grass is green and the girls no, green. it's a Pontiac. And I'm I'm in motion right now. Just Show Shane. Shane's he's going to lose his connection. No, it's getting stronger You're driving actually. to the house.
6: Ben, go to his house. Oh boy. All the time. Let's see how long
2: Ben can drive sounds around Sounds like a nice car. Before party. he loses his
6: connection. Yeah. It, I'm getting
3: He's the just the downloaded line. Pontiac <laughs> sounds off Google and he's. <laughs> yeah, I'm in the car right now. Yes, baby. He's really got a 15-year-old passion wagon. I'm on, I am Sounds on I like First nice Street. Car. So
1: thanks to the people of First Street in Alma, Nebraska for providing me with the Internet tonight so I can record MuggleCast. Oh, wonderful. So everyone, thank thing. I'm thank you, sure man. they're
2: going to enjoy the fact that you told everyone mad. where they
1: lived. Yeah. So if, you, if anyone's <laughs> ever a free Wi-Fi, come to Alma, Nebraska. <laughs> and so we're going to have one last drive away with me. We're going to drive away until my Internet dies. So, this, this is the last okay. you here of me, people. I'm driving with a laptop in my lap, my seat's halfway laying down, and a light in this house next to me just turned on. <laughs> They're
3: probably wondering who... Ben, do you have any, <laughs> any comments about the difficulty in your, uh, of, of being yourself? It's, it is rough and Ben Shane get chased around Ben is this a
1: dirt road you're on no no and I'm passing Kennedy Street yeah. and I'm losing my signal so good night, guys thanks for having oh, me on the he's show losing oh, he's
3: it's losing going.
2: it he's losing it bye uh, Ben <laughs> bye
3: Ben <laughs> and there he goes if you grab the defibrillator like we might be able to save him just in time <laughs> like the dork that I am I I could follow him on Google Maps well that was okay. very nice
0: and once again we thank the people of First Street in uh, beautiful Alma Nebraska <laughs> it, it is a very nice neighborhood and uh <laughs> We hope to podcast from there again sometime in the near future. Anyway, let's let's move on to the next voicemail.
5: Hey, Marvelcast, this is Michelle Pilati from Connecticut. Um, I met you at the first charity reading in New York City. I'm the one who asked what Hermione would say if she looked into the mirror of Airside, and I just wanted to say how nice it was to meet you guys. Um, going to the charity reading was my birthday present this year, and meeting you guys made it even cooler than it already was. So, um. Yeah, I just really love the show, and oh yeah, thank you so much, Andrew, for just reminding me how many people there were there, that really helped my nerves, and made it great. Um, but yeah, love the show, keep up the good work, bye.
0: There's a story to this voicemail, and it's the reason we're playing it, Jamie, you, you might remember
3: the girl who came up to us. Oh, who, it, was it was her birthday, and, and, and yeah, and she said, I've actually been picked to ask a question.
0: Yeah, and she was very yeah. scared, and I said to her, oh, "Well, don't there worry. There's only, only like you know, six thousand people there." Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and that scared her, and now I feel bad, so I just like to
3: apologize. But and, uh, it was a very good question, so it came across very well anyway, was, even though there yeah. were six thousand people there.
0: And we had a discussion about it on the live yeah. podcast and all that. So it was, it was a good question.
6: I, I actually liked it. A, I actually liked it a lot because of J wording. Uh, J said two things. She said that they. Not only would she see her, you know, the whole trio. With Voldemort defeated, but she'd also see uh, herself tightly eloped around a certain somebody. But that was two things. That was two answers. She did. So that was actually really good. That's a good question. I think
3: I believe Eric. She said tightly entwined. T- oh, t- entwined. Sorry,
6: mm-hmm. what did I say? I don't know. Okay. In inter I- eloped. <laughs> <or something>. Elope. <laughs> did you really say that? Did you really say that? Why? Why is that yeah. funny?
3: Because eloped means that run off with and uh, (laughs) secretly marry so uh, uh, I'm not too sure that was the correct uh, choice (laughs) Whatever. <laughs> oh my Keep god, the, the running jokes from that from now on again. No, Ben, huge.
6: forgive me. It was twelve it's twelve thirty one AM here. I I yeah. just can't think. I just Next voicemail comes
0: from someone who wants to know about the unity in Hogwarts.
5: Hey Moggle guys and Laura. This is Bailey and Tyler from Connecticut. Love the show. We were just wondering what you thought of this idea. Assuming that Hogwarts does reopen, whether Harry goes back or not, will the four houses stay separate or will they be abolished and the school will become one? House Division has always been a source of animosity between students since the founding days, so this could be the first steps to a more unified wizarding world. As Dumbledore, may he rest in peace, had always been such a strong supporter of unity, do you think this is a possibility? <laughs> On a completely unrelated note, Ben, you and I should really get married. I mean, how cute does Ben and Bailey Shane sound? Anyway, Thanks and congratulations, everyone, on a year of Muggle It's a
0: shame he's not here to hear, uh, he, he, here is. To hear that. <laughs> Can I.
3: Yeah. I think um, creating one house instead sort of Griff, Raven, Huffle, Rin.
6: <laughs> <laughs> Griff, Raven, Huffle, Rin. <laughs> that's Will,
3: uh, will, will uh, not work because it's forcing people who are normally tolerant of each other to work together. And uh, I think they're better kept apart but still kept together with Hogwarts. You know, because they're, they're primarily a part of Hogwarts, I'd say, rather than a part of their house. So I don't think it's
6: going to happen. But. Uh, yeah, I agree.
2: I think that no matter what you do, there's always going to be animosity between certain groups of students.
6: Yeah, exactly. That's just how it's going to be. If it wasn't houses, you know, if it wasn't officially in houses, it would just be cliques within Gryffindor, Gryff- clicks within Slytherin. I know. think there has still yeah. has to be
0: the houses, but it seems like there might be a lot less competition this year. Uh, or the seventh yeah. yeah, that's probably right. I mean mm-hmm. I don't know, turning into one, like Jamie said, it's not gonna be Griff Raven Uffle in Rin. 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 <laughs> that's beautiful though. No one's a that's our new shirt slogan. w b k V can't yeah. get us for that yeah. one. All right. Raven no. Next voicemail contains a very interesting theory. At least I, I thought it was interesting.
5: Hi guys, this is Amanda. I'm twenty one and I go to Penn State University. In the half blood Prince, at the end of the chapter of Lord Voldemort's request, Dumbledore and Harry have just finished viewing Dumbledore's memory of when Voldemort returned to Hogwarts to request a teaching position. Harry asks if he was after the Dark, Defense Against the Dark Arts job again, and Dumbledore replies that he definitely wanted the Defense Against the Dark Arts job, and that the aftermath of our little meeting proved that. You see, we have never been able to keep a DADA teacher for longer than a year since I refused to pose the post to Lord Voldemort. I'm wondering, in addition to Dumbledore supposedly holding this job from Snape because he was afraid Snape would fall back on his old ways, could also be a possibility that Dumbledore was protecting Snape from the curse that was placed on the D.A.D.A. job? This makes Snape's sudden change of position even more intriguing, because Dumbledore must have known that putting Snape in the D.A.D.A. job would mean that he would no longer be at Hogwarts for the end of the school year. This adds further credence to the idea that Dumbledore knew that he was going to die, and that there was some sort of understanding between Snape and Dumbledore. Just wonder what you guys thought. I listen to MuggleCast, Podcast, and the Leagy Mugs obsessively, but have been unable to make any live shows. Ever consider- considered doing a college tour? Thanks. Bye. Isn't
0: that a good idea, though? Yeah. No, seriously. We do well, have, no.
2: a, we have a staffer at Penn State. Oh, yeah. So shout out Wait, who, to Penn who State. Wait, who is it? Who? who? What was the idea? Rachel.
0: What was the idea? Rachel's at Penn State?
2: Yeah.
6: Rachel, MuggleNet come, come, to, come to a, a college yeah, tour. Muggle yeah, MuggleNet Rachel. Muggle Rachel. She goes to Penn State. I never knew yeah. that. Oh. which is like uh, a few hours west of here. So I never um, knew that. I thought she lives in California, though, right?
2: Yeah, but she goes to Oh, the- wow.
6: Well, that's a little oh. awkward. Hmm. I live in Pennsylvania, okay. and I go to California for college. Huh. USC, baby. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, <laughs> Laura, was it you who said the Dumbledore uses people in, I think it was the last episode? You, you said Dumbledore um, really... Uh, some, some...
2: No, I believe that was... Jess that said that Dumbledore manipulates people,
6: not me. <laughs> well, I didn't say ma- manipula- manipulates, but uses them for like when they're ready. I, I think this theory. I, I think it no, was kind of like I completely Dumbledore, agree with yeah, her. Dumbledore, I completely agree with her theory, Snape. but. Yeah,
2: I, I never said that he uses. Okay, people. no, that's that's okay. Um, that
6: wasn't you. Someone was saying it once, and I. I, I Dumbledore waits for the time, time until the time is right. Mm-hmm. He withheld Snape from that position, and I strongly agree with this theory. Um, until the time suited him, until the time was right, where Snape would only need to remain at Hogwarts another year, a time such as this. Um, one could argue Dumbledore was waiting to give Snape the position for the time when Snape would eventually need to leave and, you know, set off the final chain of events as either foreseen or planned or not foreseen at all uh, to defeat Voldemort. I think it's a it's a great plan. Um, mm-hmm. I also want to mention something else, but I won't right now. I want to hear everybody else's theories on this particular one. But she reminded me of something.
2: I really don't have any theory on it because I agree with her 100%. Yeah. I've thought that ever since I closed Book 6. Yeah, That's what I thought went it on. It
6: had to have been... Yeah, me too. I, mean, I like it because it works, and
0: I can't debate yeah. it. It sounds good. good too. Yeah, good, good theory. Good theory.
6: So there was, you know, that that potential theory about uh, the Sorting Hat being a Horcrux. Um, because people somehow think that Dumbledore didn't know that the Sorting Hat was a relic of Godric Gryffindor, and so when Dumbledore points to the the sword, he says the only known relic is not a Horcrux. I'm sure, but people think Dumbledore was either not thinking about, or not considering, or not able to find the Sorting Hat. Um, there is speculation that when Voldemort comes into Dumbledore's office and Dumbledore, you know, says no, says I you know, you don't want to be a teacher. Uh, Voldemort almost reaches for his wand. Ac- according to Harry, Harry sees him kind of twitch his wand. Um, some people speculate that that's the moment where he made uh, the sorting hat a horcrux. Um, personally, I think it's way too easy to make something a horcrux. But th- th- the whole point of that was people think that uh, the sorting hat might be a horcrux mm. and that would have been the perfect uh, means to uh, create one I- in that room. But I think I, r- was, I was watching Chamber of Secrets, the movie, uh, the other day, and I think I deduced that the Sorting Hat can't be a Horcrux, uh, because the Sorting Hat was the one thing that uh, saved Harry in 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 Book Two by pres- presenting him with Gryffindor's sword. Um, but you, you um, know, if if there was if there, yeah, but if there, if there was any kind of Voldemort in the hat, wouldn't it prevent the hat itself from giving you know from giving the sword to Harry? I mean, if you think it's a relic of Godric Gryffindor. Uh, and, and the sword is the one thing besides the fox that really, mm-hmm. you know... And where was the sword before that? Again, with our Room of Requirement thing, we do things have to appear from nowhere? But the sword was a known relic. The sword just was somewhere else at the time, and Harry got it. So I I think if the Sorting Hat were a Horcrux, it would well, have given Harry the sword.
0: It's important to bring up here that J.K. Rowling put on her official site that the Sorting Hat is not a Horcrux, <laughs> so... Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's a good reason. <laughs> Not
2: to mention Dumbledore. <laughs> he would have to know that it was a relic of Gryffindor's because the Sorting Hat put it in one of its yeah. songs. Yeah. He said something about how Gryffindor whipped him off his head and put a spell on him, and so I think that was pretty obvious.
3: I loved how you saved that point, Andrew, till right after when well, had I, finished. finish. <laughs> I tried I tried to get it in, but he he just keeps talking, there's no break. <laughs>
0: Before I forget, um, if anyone does have any topic discussions or topic ideas or ideas from the forum that you guys think we can discuss, you know how long we usually talk about these things and into what depth, so let us know if you have an idea for something you want us to talk about, just email to mugglecast at com. we're always open to ideas, because after all it is you guys who are listening, so we want to talk about stuff that you're going to be interested in, we, we... We have a hunch that you want it to be about Harry Potter. But besides that, we don't know anything else. So Now it's time for a segment that we haven't heard of for quite a while. Early July, I'd say? And that would be
3: Jamie's British joke Ooh. of the day. Okay, I have one. However, it could slightly cause offense. So I'm going to Uh-oh. replace... No, no, I'm going to replace what... I'm going to make it so it couldn't possibly cause offense. Right. Okay? So there are three women, okay? One with a certain hair colour, one with another certain (laughs) hair colour, and the third one with a hair colour which is uh, often often connotated connotated with uh, feelings of stupidity. And, uh, yeah, so, okay, so these three um, women with differing hair colour are all on trial for murder, and they're all convicted, and they're all to be executed by firing squad. And, uh, the first one of not the hair color that we were insinuating before, Eric, is, uh, brought in front of the firing squad. And they say, ready, aim, and she goes, earthquake! And everyone turns around and she escapes. Uh uh-huh. So, and it's brilliant. So, uh, the second one comes out, n- <laughs> who also doesn't have the hair color of the one we were talking about earlier, and, uh, and, you know, sits down, and they go, ready, aim, and she says, tsunami! And everyone turns around and, l- you know, brilliantly, she climbs over the wall and escapes. Then the uh, third one, who does have the hair colour that we were insinuating, brings about connotations of stupidity. sits down, and the uh, firing squad line up, bring their guns up to her, and they go, "Ready, aim," and she shouts out, "Fire!"
6: <laughs>
3: um, all right, I get it. <laughs> Good job. Dude. It was it was ruined slightly by the uh, need to a put in excesses of uh, yeah, yeah. apparently's and stuff. But, you know. Yeah, okay. But yeah, and it but al- also, can I introduce a brand new section to uh, Michael Carson, Yeah, please? Can, right I, do first, can yeah. I do one first, though? Can I do one first? I have a new one. Um, this came
0: to me while we were sitting here recording. Uh, this is a new segment and I'm going to call it Dylan Sparts Inspirational Quote of the Week. Dylan Spartz, inspiration <laughs> of the week. Jeez. I'm sitting here on Skype, and as most of you know, there's a little message people can put next to your Skype name. Um, but before that, be, uh, as most of you know, Dylan Spartz is the uh, brother of Emerson Spartz, and uh, a lot of you girls out there like him for his boyish charm and his <laughs> uh, cute uh, and his uh, sense and of and humor. His, uh- and his fill the blank, And his, and uh, his, sh- uh, <laughs> <in the> <laughs> and his. Where you going with this? So I'll just and, move on. Yeah,
3: and his. We'll stop there. So
0: um, he has something in his Skype that, uh, name. I don't even know what Skype calls it, but I found it very inspirational. And I'd like to read it for everyone now. Um, this is the Dylan Spartz inspirational quote of the week. Style doesn't matter when you're on your back. Style doesn't matter when you're on your back. This has been the Dylan Sparks inspirational quote of the week. Mm. Uh, tune in that next week when I tell him we did this on one the show more. and he gives me another one. Yeah. is not that nice? Wasn't that great?
2: Now I'm looking at everyone's <laughs> Skype things. Andrew is a
3: <laughs> Look, he's trying to be down with the lingo, aren't you, Andrew? I haven't updated that in years and
0: I'm changing it right now. Rock sores, my <laughs> sock sores. Change, no Change oh, it to much, no. takes me down to the paradise city. It's just, you know... Dylan Sparks, Let me let me talk to you guys for a minute about Dylan Sparks. Dylan Spartz is a man of brilliance. He's a
3: man of creativity. He is a man of humor. So he is. So and he is a, a man. He is. He's a man. He's and a man. and I know that everyone out and and also Andrew, everyone out there really would love to entwine with him, elope. <laughs> yeah,
6: <laughs> elope. Well, I don't know. Some fangirls would like to elope. With <laughs> they him. would. And. Back Going back to Hermione and Ron, they might have to elope and run away from all the hairy Hermione shippers. So. <laughs> That's very true.
0: So, we're in a fun mood today, so we have yet another fun segment for everyone.
3: James. Oh, yes. Okay, this is going to be a regular segment. It is called, it is um, appropriately titled, Dumbledore Facts. Okay, now, <clears throat> I, don't, I don't really know how to, how to introduce this, but um, I'm sure everyone out there has heard of um, Chuck Norris Facts. Yes? Yes, yes. Right. Now, Mm -hmm. these Chuck Norris facts are stated to uh, um, emphasize Chuck's awesomeness, amazingness, virility, uh, power, all these kind of things. And uh, people worship him just as we worship Dumbledore, so I thought, why can't we have some facts about Dumbledore as well? So I'm going to shoot off this week with uh, that Dumbledore can lead a horse to water and make him drink.
6: (laughs) Uh, oh wait! So it's actually really. But you see,
3: some are kind of mean, so it's like it's um, gonna be hard to set this up because most people don't understand these Chuck Norris jokes. No, just say that. Put that in, and, uh, and we'll see how it goes. And and one more, since it's the first one and everyone likes it. Uh, there is no chin underneath Dumbledore's beard. There is just another fist.
6: <laughs> <laughs> oh God! Not these! No! 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 no come on! No. It's funny.
0: Oh yes, these We haven't done this segment in a while either Chicken soup for the muggle cast soul So the first one comes from <laughs> <laughs> Can't say? Can't say Oh, she can't say her name I oh. <laughs> thought her name was Can't Say <laughs> I know She strategically made it one word to fool us So
3: that, this is from Can't awesome. Say <laughs> Well, <laughs> wouldn't it be funny if that's actually her name? <laughs> can't, can't Say Johnson oh, from no. Canada <laughs> <laughs> What were your parents thinking? 12 years old she writes hi Mugglecasters well okay I gotta
0: set this up because I had it in my head Um, we are about to enter another school season and um, this is a school related chicken soup for the Mugglecast soul I'd love to start like a school type segment for MuggleCast, but I can't think of an so... This this uh, comes from Can't Say Twelve Canada. Hi, <laughs> Mugglecasters. I really love the show. I would like to thank you for helping me in school. I began listening to MuggleCast in April while I had the flu, and when I saw my sister downloading an episode. Uh, When I saw my sister downloading an episode in French class, we were discussing technology. My teacher asked the class to do reports on different ways to use the computer, etc. So I did my reports on podcasts because I'm obsessed with the show and Harry Potter. My idea was original and I got 100%. Woohoo! So my parents were really proud of me. Thank you so much. Please continue the show. I love MuggleCast. Someone needs to compile a list of...
6: Yeah, so... All the things we do for people. Yeah.
0: Since we're getting back into the school spirit here, if you have something that relates to MuggleCast that involved your school, like a report or something, because I know there's been a few. We've gotten emails before. Send a copy of it, maybe a scan, because we'd like to see a 100 at the top with yeah. a big smile. Even if it's in the A's or B's.
3: Even if you failed it, that'd be pretty funny. So, <laughs> <laughs> so. As long as it has <laughs> one of our names. <laughs> right, right. And, Andrew, our second chicken soup for the MuggleCast soul comes from Don't Know, and... <laughs> but after that it's not sure <laughs>
0: uh, Well Anyone got anything else to bring up? Anyone? Anything? I wanted to talk about news actually But Micah does that No, he, he he reads it, he doesn't talk about it
2: Oh, if that means we get to talk about that episode of the Colbert Report then
0: Oh, that was really funny, did you like that, that Laura? Show?
2: Yeah, I watch uh, Daily Show and the Colbert Report It was pretty funny It was, we posted it on LogoNet
0: the other day, and Stephen Mm -hmm. Colbert tipped his hat to Joe for (laughs) threatening to kill off Harry Potter. (laughs) It's really funny. Good stuff.
2: Did you guys ever see that one episode where he was interviewing Al Franken? And there was one point where they both, they were in a very heated discussion, and somehow they both ended up with their index fingers, like, touching each other. And Stephen Colbert goes, our wands have the same type of phoenix (laughs) feather. (laughs) And I thought that was hilarious. Like, I burst out laughing, and my dad's, like, looking at me like, what, are you insane? And Al Franken just looked totally confused, and Colbert was just like, oh, your kids are too old. So I thought that was a cute little tidbit. And so pretty clearly he's a fan. So I thought that was awesome.
0: I'm glad he got his own show because he was so good on the Daily Show. He is hilarious. Yeah. But Um,
2: we can't get too far into some of the other things that he talks about, unfortunately. Yeah.
0: In other Potter news, uh, we've seen a lot of filming pictures lately. Anyone surprised by this? Does anyone really care? It's interesting though (laughs) because I
2: haven't even looked at them.
0: Good. Don't see they're like from hundred yards away and they're like half built. But these are good because unlike with other movies, we're actually seeing the actors. Are we? Um, And yeah, Harry and well, Dan Radcliffe and Harry Melling uh, were seen. What was it? on july 24th i think it
6: was oh Outside yeah running in
2: some s- yeah field. Some field. i did yeah.
6: recognize them there were just like two people at the corner left of the screen i was like uh, yeah, I, I, what
2: happened to them being in a neighborhood yeah,
6: uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well th- there's no neighborhoods in
0: england apparently and i'm sure jamie could attest to that <laughs> yeah. um but they're they're filming the scenes where Dudley is attacked daylight. by the mentors um
2: Hey Jamie, tell us about how television sets came before the neighborhood in England.
0: (laughs) Because we're looking at these set photos, and they're shooting Dan Radcliffe and Harry Melling, Melling uh, running through uh, some open fields, but they run through neighborhoods in the movie. So, and I said, "Well, (laughs) as Jamie could attest to,
3: there's no neighborhoods in England either." A what? Sorry, a a (laughs) neighbor. What was it called? Neighborhood. No neighborhoods. What's that? Um, Neighborhoods. What's
0: that? Yeah. Yeah. No. Call it. Oh my god. Oh, that was the worst That's bit weird. of
3: uh, teamwork I've ever heard in my, in my life. <laughs>
0: I'm sorry, I should have picked up on that. I did the live okay. podcast. Um, and then, also, we saw some f- photos, uh, they're filming um, what is it, Snape's worst memory scenes, too. And once again, we saw Dan Radcliffe and whoever is playing a young Snape. The young Snape. Um, once again, I see from the feedback that nobody really cares, so... <laughs> Alan pretty Rickman's much. son.
2: No one cares until the until the movie comes out. That's true.
0: Uh, hey, you know, I was doing the math the other day and um by doing the math I meant going, through, going through my Google Calendar and adding every single muggle cast that's scheduled nice. to be released up through the Half Blood Prince that's movie release impressive. date. And yeah, it only took me about twenty minutes, but, um we will be up to episode one hundred and seventy when Half Blood oh Prince God. is released. Oh, my God. God. On November 21st, 2008.
6: <gasps> no,
2: no, no. Yeah, but don't you think the seventh book no, will come out by No, then? Oh,
6: oh will, yeah, it yeah. I can't fathom 170. <laughs> so
2: we won't be up to quite that many. Unless, I mean, maybe we shouldn't put this in because it'll make people sad, but are we really going to keep going weekly after the seventh <laughs> book comes out? Let's do it,
3: let's do it, let's do it, let's do it, let's do it. There'll uh, still be uh, loose ends. There'll yeah, still be loose ends. We'll have, nof- <laughs> we'll we'll have grown nothing with to kids. talk about.
0: You know. Yeah. They're- Who's to say, you know, we can make the show like a half hour long and just do Growing it that way. No, no. We'll, we're
2: we'll, all going to be getting ready to, you, we'll be getting ready to go into like our sophomore year of college. Laura, you're very negative
6: yeah. and I don't <laughs> appreciate this type of uh, attitude yeah, Laura, as a podcaster. I can totally see you just like, we're about hey, to record. you
2: know what? I'm done. I, Whoa. my contract is only yeah. through book seven. I'm sorry.
6: <laughs> Your
0: contract. I better check mine. I don't know what sports <laughs> put down on that. <laughs>
3: Jamie, what are you eating? We I'm all eating want cereal. Know. In fact, Andrew, do you know what cereal I'm eating?
2: Oh my god, cereal. Emerson would love I'm you. I'm eating okay, Lucky Charms. Okay, everyone, Charmed. see, this is
3: true. story. Uh, Kieran really? would be so proud. Just before... <laughs> <laughs> just before I left Costa del Sims in uh, in America, Andrew's dad very kindly put a thing of Lucky Charms into my suitcase, which I didn't find till I got home. And when I got that, I was very, very excited, and I've been eating them ever since. In fact... I think they really are lucky charms because uh, I've had about 400 bowls and I don't think it's going down. <laughs> I was going to say you've had that box for a while. <laughs> was it a filled box or was it like half empty or? Um, <laughs> One. No, <laughs> it was about it was about three quarters uh, full, but I'm sure it's going up. It's it's oh. full now.
0: <laughs> oh, okay. Well, on that note, once again, I'm Andrew Sims. I'm Eric Skell.
2: I'm Lauren Thompson.
0: And I'm Jamie Lawrence, eating Lucky Charms. We'll see everyone next week for episode 52. Good oh night, everyone. Bye Thank you guys bye. for having Thank me. You. Too
3: old. Okay, let's do some. Uh, okay, okay, let me think. Okay, I have to think how I'm gonna phrase this. Okay, you're gonna have to put this straight car after coming, what uh, Ben was saying. Coming down the road. Let me think. Turn. Okay, Bennett. <laughs> ben, <laughs> ben, he's not gonna arrest you. Sure he's on occurs, a policeman. So
0: Sorry, You can use this in the show. They it, turned. All right. <laughs> We're good. They turned. <laughs>
3: Talking it's of... ridiculous. Ben, it's not ridiculous, and they're going to arrest <laughs> you for sitting in your car on a computer.
4: There are a few new set picks, including one of Dan Radcliffe, over on MuggleNet. There are a few new order of the set... Fiener... fiener th- 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 wow. There are a few new... <laughs> there are a few new order... Oh, my God. There are a few new order of the set... This is just not working out, man. Andrew, why must you demand the news of me when I have to get up at 5 o'clock tomorrow morning?